Galatians chapter 5. We're, we're doing a series just, just trying to explore in our heart, Lord, why is it that the Christian life sometimes doesn't seem to live up to, to what I think it's supposed to be? Why can't I stop doing the things that I, that I want to stop doing? Why can't I start doing the things that I know are going to make a difference in my life? Why can't I consistently, time of the word or time in prayer, what, what's up with me? Why is it that I can't seem to change? I mean, I want to change. I'm trying to change. Why is it that I can't? And, 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 and maybe this is the one that really fouls you up. Maybe this is the one that triggers you most of all. Maybe this is the one that actually becomes the stackpole piece that stands in the way of real change, real stopping, real starting is, why can't I forgive? Why can't I get past some of the hurts or, or the wounds or the brokenness or the scars why can't I stop being a victim, Lord? And so we just, we're, we're taking as our text for this, we're, we're taking as the place where we're trying to sort of sink an anchor and put down some roots. We're taking uh, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to read it with me because my heart is that we would memorize this together and it would become part of the language that we just speak with one another. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that may not be the way it says it in, in your Bible and in, in the particular version that you're using. Frankly, it doesn't line up exactly with the way I read it in mine either. But it's the way it's sort of hidden in my heart. The love and the joy and the peace. That's sort of the, the first ring of the bullseye. And I just picture and, and I, just, I just want to say, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you so your love and your joy and peace so deep into the core of who I am that if I'm in Christ and I'm a new creation, that I'm going to be a man of love, a man of joy, a man of peace. Those will be the things that characterize my life. Those will be the things that when my life gets squeezed, that's what comes out, love and joy and peace, that it becomes true of me. I want it to be true of me, but, but Lord, would you make it true of me? And then the next ring out is that, is that patience and kindness and goodness, because honestly, if I'm going to live as a man of love, a man of joy, a man of peace, then I'm going to be a patient man. And I got some, I got some distance to go on that. I'm going to be a kind man. You know, why is it that sometimes the people who bear the brunt of our unkindness are the people that we love the most? If I'm going to be that man for whom, for whom that flows out of my life, I'm going to be a man who just, I, I see the good and I pursue the good, look for the good and embrace it and do it, you know, instead of always looking for my own best. And then the outer, the outer ring of that, which we're going to look at next week, is, is the faithfulness and the gentleness and the self-control. I got to tell you, I got to tell you that um, I've been working with just trying to, because I can remember my childhood phone number. But I don't know why this list, I always stumble over this list. So I've come up with some mnemonics on it. Maybe it'll help you. The first ring, the inner ring are all one syllable words. Okay. Love, joy, peace. Right. Circle number one. Circle number two. They're all two syllable words. I had to monkey with them a little, but they are. They're two syllable words. And then the third circle out, they're all three syllable words. Stephanie told me, she said, she said, just remember in that second ring, it's a package deal. Patience, kindness, goodness. It's a package deal. We'll get to that in a minute. But what throws me off is that we've got goodness and we've also got gentleness. So the G, it still messes me up. Any, anyway, but before we go too much further, let me just continue to ask you this question. I want to keep pressing into you with this. And maybe last week, maybe you made a secret list on your phone, right? Maybe you jotted something 
on a piece of scrap paper and you've been carrying it in your Bible. I'm asking God to sort of put a rock in your shoe about some of these things. What is it? What is it? Can you name it? What is it that you've been trying to stop? Maybe you've been trying for years to stop. Maybe you've been praying and longing and wishing and hoping for years that you would break out of the hurt or the hang-up or the addiction, the thing that keeps, the, the, the way Scripture says it, what, what is the sin that so easily entangles you that you just want to be done with once and for all? And you're tired, of, you're tired of repenting. You're tired of confessing not only sin, but you're tired of confessing the same sin over and over to the point that you may feel like such a hypocrite because, God, here I am again confessing the same stinking sin again and it breaks my heart I think every bit as much as it breaks your heart what is it you're trying to stop and if you could write it down if you could name it I, I just I, if, if, if only I could be done with this bottle once and for all if only I could put down the pills if only I could decide if only I could I'm never going to go back to that website ever again and yet it's like it's stuck in your history and you can't you can't unstick it what is it that you want to stop. What is it you're trying to start? I heard somebody talk about it one time. They talked about it as the keystone habits. What is the, what is the leverage point? What is the, what is the domino that if this domino could go down, it would create a chain reaction in my life? And I just know things would be set free. Things would be changed. Things would be different. What is it you're trying to start? What is, what is the character? What is the change that you long to see deep inside you that you want to become this kind? What is the change you're looking for in your heart? And, and um, if, there is, if there is this stumbling point, if there is this, this crack in the sidewalk that you keep tripping over, who is it, what is it that you just can't forgive, you just can't get past? And um, somebody, somebody said one time that unforgiveness is like you take the rat poison and the rats don't die. Unforgiveness is not about setting them free. It's about setting you free. What is it that you need to get past? So, so here's something we began to develop last week, and I want us to continue to, continue to develop it because if you're not careful, your Christianity can consist of behaviors. If your Christianity consists of behaviors, if only I could do the right things frequently enough, if only I could do the right things consistently enough, if I could stack up the right number of behaviors. I talked to two friends today. One of them said, hey, this week, three years sobriety. Praise God for that. I think we should give... They're, yeah, they're not even here right now, but, but praise God for that. I talked to another friend, one year, this week, one year. So praise God for that. But if it's only about behavior, if it's only about behavior, then those streaks become a house of cards. And the higher you build the house of cards, the easier it is and the more dramatic it is when it all comes tumbling down. Anybody know what I mean? Come on, you with me? So it's got to be more than behavior. It's got to be more than how many days can I string together. You don't start with what, and you don't even start with why. Because you may tell yourself, you know, I, for my kids, that's why. Or for my wife, that's why. Or, or, or for the sake of my job, that's why. Here's the deal. Motivations come and go. Motivations change. Frankly, there are people who will give up on you long before you get the what solved. And your motivation can get slippery. 
it can slide right out from under you. So you got to start with who? you got to start with this foundational Lord in Jesus' name. Would you do something in me to change foundationally who I am? Would you plant well and deeply the love and the joy and the peace and the character that only you can build so that I become that person? you got to start with who? And then you can proceed to what? You're going to start with who, and then, then you can begin to identify your why. So we've been looking at it, the fruit of the Spirit, that love and joy and peace. That's the who. That's what God is doing in you. That's your identity in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, a new creation, old is gone. Make it so, Lord, new. Come, Lord, come. I want to be that man. And you may have to remind yourself every day, Lord, I want to be a man of love. You may have to remind yourself every day, Lord, I want to be a person whose life exudes joy because I'm so tired of being angry. I'm so tired of being miserable, Lord. I just want my life. Lord, we just center my life in joy. Lord, in Jesus' name, I, I need a peace to rest over my because my life has got such anxiety. My life has got such craziness. My life has got such confusion. I need to be... I, we, Jesus said, when you go to a new place, you look for a man of peace. You look for a man of peace, and when you find a man of peace, you, you join yourself to that man. Lord, I want to be a man of peace. I want to be a man of peace. And then, and then, having, done, having, having let those things center in you, what's the fruit that's going to grow out of that? Well, that's where the patience. And because, because honestly, love, joy, and peace, that can be just between you and Jesus. Love, joy, and peace can be between you and Jesus. But, but patience has to have a backdrop, doesn't it? How do you know when your patience is being tested? When you have reason to become impatient, right? How do you know the limits? How do you know the limits of your kindness? It's, it's when you go above and beyond and they're still not getting it. Patience and kindness and goodness happen in a context. Love, joy, and peace, that can be between you and Jesus. But, but patience, kindness, and goodness, that comes in a context. Comes in the context of your family. Comes in the context of your relationships. Comes in the context of people whose lives bump up against yours, sometimes violently. In the context of people whose lives rub up against yours, sometimes coarsely. You know what I'm talking about. Comes in the context of relationship. And so that's what I want us to talk about today. And it is, it is a package deal. It is a package deal. They go together. You don't, get, you don't get patience without also having kindness come along for the ride. You don't get patience and kindness that, that you don't also have to have this strain to consistency with goodness. Let me show you how I know that. It comes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You've heard this one. You've heard this one, right? The most excellent way. I'm going to show you the most excellent way. And he talks about all the things that you could do, good things, whether it's for the right reasons or not. Good things, whether it's for right. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, resounding gong, clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. Faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. I can do all the right things, but if I don't do it for the right reasons, I can do all the right things, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't emerge from the change Christ has done on the inside of me, if it's just clenching my fists and gritting my teeth to do the... It says this, love, love is patient. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. And then it goes on and it says, here's what love does. Here's what love does not do. Love, 
Love does not envy and it does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. Protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Love never fails. It's a package deal. Love becomes the central definition of what it means to be patient becomes the central definition of what it is to live out of an overflowing kindness. It becomes, it becomes the thing that spurs you on to goodness. Paul talked about it in Romans, and he said, he said you need to one another, one another. Paul turned one another into a verb. You need to one another, one another. And, and he began to describe what it looks like to live in the context of community where other people can spur you on to love and good works, and other people can help not just hold you accountable, not just hold you accountable, but think better of you than the way you've been living. Not just slap your hand when you blow it, but weep with you as you repent and hope with you as you start over. And he says, look, love must be sincere. You can fake love. But if you fake love, it's fake love. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Never lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord with one another. Joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer with one another. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. That's where, that's where the patience, the kindness, and the goodness is put on display. You know, like, you know like when you go to the jewelry store and they lay out the black velvet and then put the jewels on top of it because it's got to have a context. It's got to have a context, right? And the context comes as you begin to picture this, this, this center of the bullseye, love and joy and peace. Lord, in Jesus' name, would you sink your arrow there? Would you sink your arrow there in the core of who I am? Because, Lord, I know I'm in Christ. I, I want to be in Christ. I want to be a new creation. But the thing that makes me question whether or not my relationship with you is even real is I just don't see enough change in the, in the core of who I am. I don't want to I have to manufacture a changed heart. Lord, I need you to do in my life what only you can do in my life. And Lord, when you do it in my life, may it be evidenced by the people who know me best. Have you ever noticed that the people who know you best get the worst of you far too often? Lord, Lord, may it be that when I live in you and, and, and you have sown deep into the core of who I am, love and joy and peace, may the people that I love the most be the recipients of your good work in my life. May they see it. May they believe it. May they be the ones who tell me that my relationship with you is real and genuine. And next week we're going to talk more about it, but, but Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to I take my heart in hand and choose to be faithful to you. 
I want to make the choices every day to choose love and joy and peace, to choose patience and kindness and goodness. I want to, I want to, Lord, I want to be gentle with the people that I love the most. Lord, I want to be I want to not be triggered. I want to not be led astray by everything that sets me off. God, I'm tired of being that guy. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Lord, I want to be this guy. I want to be the man who's got your fingerprints all over his heart. I want to be the man who has a story of your faithfulness, not just a story of my wandering. Lord, in Jesus' name, I need you. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, precious ones, it's not because you're such, you're so worthy. It's because God loves you so much. Precious ones, it's not a joy that comes because finally all your problems are solved. It's a joy that comes because you finally know what it is to be accepted and loved by God. It's not a peace. It's not a peace that comes because all the problems have gone away. It's a peace that comes. It passes understanding. It guards your hearts and your minds even in the midst of It's a peace that doesn't even make sense given where you find yourself. Lord, in Jesus' name, I don't deserve it, but I'm pleading with you, Lord, to do in me what only you can do in me. To rest over my relationships, over my home, with your presence in a way that blesses the people I love. And Lord, in Jesus' name, let me begin to live into and live up to what you have begun to do in my life. 